This podcast is proudly supported by QUT Podclass, a brand new series of free podcasts hosted by Madonna King, developed for everyone who is passionate about teaching. Exploring topics like managing your career development through to creating greater engagement in the classroom, all with a real-world focus. Search QUT Teacher Podcast to listen today. Thanks for downloading this episode of Teacher Staff Room, where we catch you up on the latest evidence, insight, and action. I'm Rebecca Vukovic. It's been an exciting month here at Teacher Magazine, and I have a whole lot of updates to share with you later in this episode. But before we get into any of that, let's kick things off by looking back over the research we've covered this month. And just a reminder, I'll be posing questions throughout the episode that will allow you to reflect on your practice. So if you need to, please feel free to pause the audio to give yourself a chance to consider them. Okay, this month I interviewed Dr. Jacqueline DeWarte from Western Sydney University, who's been researching multilingualism in schools by actively involving teachers and students as co-researchers. It's a fascinating study that has spanned four iterations. The research focuses on how language and literacy practices improve student confidence and enhance learning outcomes. Of course, you can read the full article on the Teacher Magazine website, but here's a quick summary of what we cover. We talk about the value that each student brings to the classroom, how teachers can build on that knowledge, and how teachers can shift their thinking away from focusing on what is limited or lacking for students who are English as an additional language dialect learners, or from migrant and refugee backgrounds, to instead using students' knowledge and skills as a starting point for learning. When talking about the teachers involved in this study, Dr. DeWarte says this quote, What they realise is that students are really engaging in quite complex communication outside of the classroom, that they've got rich experiences and they're doing all sorts of things. So their expectation of what students know and could do was incredibly increased as a result of this. And all the teachers said that, I was so surprised, I didn't understand, I didn't realise. Here's something to think about. In what ways do you seek to understand students' linguistic skills, experiences and knowledge? Do you specifically ask students about the other languages they speak and how they use that language outside of school? Still on the topic of new research, this month the OECD released the first results from TALIS 2018. TALIS stands for Teaching and Learning International Survey, and essentially it's a large-scale survey of teachers and school leaders that generates internationally comparable information on the state of the teaching profession. About 260,000 teachers from 15,000 schools across 48 countries and economies, including Australia, took part in this cycle. They were asked for their views on a whole range of topics, including how much time they spend on teaching and classroom management during a typical lesson, their assessment practices, and their school's approach to innovation. If you'd like to learn more and to take a closer look at the results, 
I'll pop a link to the report in the transcript for this podcast. Another interesting piece of research this month came from the University of New South Wales. The research examines the career decision-making process of gifted students from low socioeconomic backgrounds. Lead author of the report, Associate Professor Jayup Jung, told teacher that it's important to understand the career choices of these students in order to better guide and support their career decisions. Here's one of his quotes from the article. Unfortunately, some of the learners do not make career choices that allow them to realise their tremendous potential. Some of the possible reasons for this may be a lack of access to educational opportunities, a lack of role models from similar backgrounds, or a lack of complete knowledge of the available career options. The report found the four most powerful factors that influence a gifted learner's career decision are interest and enjoyment, expectancy for success in the career, intellectual stimulation, and job stability. Here's something to think about. Are students, particularly gifted learners at your school, encouraged to consider each of these factors when contemplating their career choices? I was so excited this month to share with you my interview with Dr. Avavit Charrington from Nelson Mandela University in South Africa. She was visiting our offices in Melbourne, so I sat down with her to record a podcast about the topic of hope, how children experience hope, and what it means to be hopeful. I have to be honest with you, the podcast we recorded for about 20 minutes, but we actually sat for close to an hour discussing the breadth of her work and the impact it's having on communities. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the podcast yet, I'd highly recommend it. We covered what it means to be hopeful from an Afrocentric worldview, its emphasis on belonging, connectedness and community, and how children around the world experience hope in their own settings. In this clip I'm about to play for you, Dr. Charrington is talking about one of the findings from the research, where the children described what it meant to be a holder of hope. The children spoke about being a holder of hope. So they said that hope can never be gone completely, but when you feel like you've lost a lot of your hope, you mustn't throw it all away. You must give it to someone to hold, right? And then you can go to places like a police station or a clinic or a school where they can help you rebuild your hope, right? And so when I further asked them, well, what's this? holder of hope and there's a very precise phrase that they were using and it, it kind of conjures up this image of you know here's a keepsake like hold this for me it's very valuable and it's this responsibility of holding someone else's hope while they get their life together right mm. you know um, so that they can have a back here's something to think about how does understanding how children experience hope and well-being allow you as an educator to focus on the needs of the children you teach. Do you have any programs in place at your school that focus on building students' resilience and their sense of connectedness to the community? And while we're on the topic of podcasts, I have some exciting news for you. Teacher Magazine podcasts are already downloaded by nearly 25,000 educators each month on iTunes and SoundCloud, but we've also just launched our channel on Spotify as well, making it easier than ever to find us. And while we're on the topic of news, 
I thought I'd also let you know that we've now got a special section of our website dedicated to early years educators. It's filled with articles, podcasts and videos aimed at those working with children in their first few years of education. You can find it by clicking on the link in the transcript for this episode. Here at Teacher, we know how much our readers love infographics. So we've branched out a little bit this month and we've produced a video infographic. It takes a closer look at the Oxford University Press word list of the 500 most frequently used words written by students in Australia in their first three years of schooling. My colleague Dominic Russell put this one together for you and it's proved to be our most popular piece of content this month. Make sure you check it out on our YouTube channel, which you can find at youtube.com forward slash teacher ACER. You're probably aware by now that ACER's 2019 research conference is taking place over two days in August. The annual event will be held in Melbourne and will highlight the latest national and international research in education. This year's theme is Preparing Students for Life in the 21st Century, Identifying, Developing and Assessing What Matters. We kicked off our coverage of the event with a Q&A with our CEO, Professor Jeff Masters, who discussed this year's theme and some of the fundamental questions that will help to shape the conference program. I also had the pleasure of sitting down with one of the conference presenters, Professor Neil Selwyn from Monash University. He's working on some fascinating projects at the moment, including writing on artificial intelligence, automation, and data-driven education. In this interview, I picked his brain on what education will look like in the next decade. What will change? What will stay the same? What will classrooms look like? And what role will artificial intelligence have in changing the way schools operate? You can read the full article on the website. And if you'd like to learn more about the conference, its program, or to register for the event, I'll also include a link to the research conference website. And finally, I know a lot of you are either on school holidays at the moment or gearing up for them in the coming weeks. It's really a perfect time to slow down, take a break and check in with yourself. So with that in mind, I spoke to Associate Professor Craig Hassid from Monash University about one particular technique to improve well-being, practicing mindfulness. He provides readers with some really practical strategies for introducing mindfulness into your busy lives as educators and the benefits you'll experience from doing so. I'll leave you with this quote from Dr. Hassard on the importance of making space in our day for mindfulness. If we've got a lot on our plates, you know, we might be walking from one building in the school to another and we fill that two-minute walk with worry about how much we've got to do and will I get through it all today? What am I going to cook for dinner tonight? Rather than just walking mindfully and having a two-minute space in your day, we have to reduce that mental or cognitive load on a regular basis to give the mind space to then be able to engage with the next complex thing we need to do, like manage a classroom. Thanks for joining me today for this episode of Teacher Staff Room. We sure did cover a lot, so make sure you check out the transcript at teachermagazine.com.au for links to all the stories I've mentioned here today. And while you're there, make sure you sign up to our email bulletin so you never miss a story. You've been listening to a Teacher Magazine podcast 
proudly supported by QUT Podclass, a brand new series of free podcasts all about teaching and teachers. Join us as we explore tips and tricks on managing teacher well-being, finding the right career mentor, and getting greater engagement from students in the classroom. Search QUT Teacher Podcast to listen today.